Well, good morning and welcome once again. I was just uh, reflecting as the music was playing there about how God works in our lives. And when I started this journey quite a few years ago, every time that I would be even just driving the church, I would get so nervous and it was, it has those stomach contusions that we would be getting to you and uh, just the nervousness of being up here and and now it's it's a different kind. I can't wait to get up here and, and bring God's word. It's such an honor and such a privilege to be able to to speak God's word and I'm excited each and every week to see what he has for us and how it all comes together. And uh, I've did quite a bit of reading in my time and I've read from a lot of different authors and all different kinds of source material. And the one thing that I've noticed about the Word of God is, is there is nothing else like it. You can truly see that God has put his hand all over it because man simply isn't enough to be able to put together a work, which is the Word of God. So let's uh, start off with a a little bit of prayer this morning to get us started. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for being able to, to be in your house today, Lord, to be able to gather, to be able to get into your word, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. Just take myself out of the way, Father. Take the man away, Father, and just let your word shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I like to always do that. I like to have God in control. It's so easy as a human to want to inject our opinions and our different things into things, but we always want that to be a God-led service. And that's always my goal here. And uh, we're going to do things a little bit different today, and uh, that should be no surprise. Uh, I do things differently all the time. I am the exception, not the rule. And, uh, you know, Jesus spoke in parables. He uh, wanted to make things where people could understand. So he talked about things of the time, things that people were familiar with. And, and I try to do that. I try to put a real-world example uh, along with the biblical example. So we see how God's Word is truly into everything. And um, earlier as I was talking about how grand the Word of God is, is that we can take subject matter and there is more and more to it that there's more than just the faith value more than just one lesson that we can learn from it and that's part of our subject today we're going to see an example of that how we can use god's word in another positive way another way of teaching us it's, it's a teaching tool and it's teaching us and it teaches us from many different ways and we're going to look at that today and we're going to look at that how that applies to the the world. Now, one thing that I can always talk about is myself because uh, I'm an expert on that. No one, me and God are, is expert on me. So I can use that and I try to always use the tools I have before me. And uh, one thing that I've been greatly blessed with is a, a vivid imagination. And I'm a very visual person, so I can see what what things are going to be like if you were to see a 
an old junk car in a junkyard, you might just see an old wreck that's, that's worthless. But I can envision what it could look like fixed up, what it could look like back to its former glory, what it could look like modified. Uh, when I see a, a pile of materials, I can visualize what that materials can be. If I see some dimensions written down on a piece of paper and a general idea of what something is, I can visualize in my mind what that's going to look like. And another thing that that's given me uh, a great ability is, is when I read. Uh, I do quite a bit of reading. And as I, I take the words in, it's more than just, just seeing the words. I can paint a picture in my mind about what, what is going on. And that just doesn't apply to, to fiction. It applies to history. It applies to the Word of God. So as, as I'm reading along, I'm, I'm trying to visualize what is happening? I want to see the boats. I want to see the people. I want to see the way they're dressed. And um, I spent some time doing some biblical archaeology and looking back at how things were during that time. So what did they look like? What did the, their characteristics look like? What did their dress look like? What was the environment like? The ground, their boats, these different things on there. So I can even paint a more vivid picture in my mind. And... Um, We've uh, spoke sometimes how God will speak to us, and he speaks to us in many different ways. And sometimes for me, it is just an image. And so I always consult with God each and every week about what we're, are we going to talk about. And, uh, and I say we because he's providing the source material. He's providing the motivation. He's providing everything. And I'm just the, the tool that stands up here that presents it. So that's what I mean when I say we. So when we're talking about what we're going to talk about, and I'm consulting God, I got a, an image this week. So that image translates in to a, a verse or some verses, and we're going to look at that today. And that's going to be in Matthew 14, verse 22. And straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart and prayed, and when the evening was to come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of a sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the forest watch of the night of Jesus went to them, walking on the sea." And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. But straight away Jesus spake to them, saying, Be good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him, saying, Lord, if thou be bid me to come unto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down unto the ship, he walked unto the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind bolstering, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and saying unto him, O thou of little faith, thou didst doubt. And when they would come unto the ship and the wind ceased, they were in the ship. They came out to worship him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. Now, we've talked about this, and I'm sure 
in different times of your life, even all the way down to Bible study and, and Sunday school, that we've talked about Jesus walking on the water. And it's a, it's a miracle. Because that's not something that we normally do. That's not something that we try. And uh, we always, we, we cling to the miracles. We want to emphasize on the miracles because those are the grand things. That's a, a godly thing. That's a Jesus thing. That's showing the power. But there's, there's more to it than that. There's, there's more to it. There's a lot of, of little things that we can break down here today that we can use in our lives. That's every bit is powerful. You know, we don't have to have these grand miracles. We don't have to have a spectacle to show the power of God. Because God is just as powerful in the little things. You know, every time Jesus taught, when he just simply stood there in front of the masses, the way I'm standing here before you today, and just talked, that is the power of God. And... That might be some of the most powerful things that God has done because it is the things that we need. It is the things that we need to use in our lives. It is the things that will change our lives. Yes, God walked on the water. He brings back the dead. He does these grand things, but these little things too are are so special. Now, we look at what was going on. They see, they see Jesus walking on the water. And what do they do? They go back to what they know. See, God, He is so grand. And He is so different from the way we think as humans, as people, as the way the world does things. He is so much bigger than that, that when he does things, it's, it's mind-blowing. And so their first instinct wasn't God. Their first instinct was evil. That's a spirit. They were scared. We fear the unknown. And as we've been for generation to generation... These are the kind of stories that were passed down. These are the kind of things. This was represented as something to be afraid of. Jesus says, be in good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. We never have to fear God. God is good. God loves us. God is love. He is compassion. He is mercy. He is everything. And he cannot be evil. We have nothing to fear from God. We see Peter conversing with Jesus. And Jesus, uh, uh, Peter has his doubts. He's like, Jesus, is that really you? Is that really you? He's questioning it. And he needs a little bit of reassurance. Jesus, if that is really you, then let me Come out on the water to you. And Jesus says, come. Because Jesus is not afraid to show you who he is. He's not hiding nothing. We live in a world of secrets. 
But Jesus is not secretive. He's transparent to who he is. He tells us who he is. He shows us if we have our doubts that we can come to him. We can ask, God, is that you? Jesus, is that you? And how many times do we do do that? See, we want to assume that God is not doing what he's supposed to do. We want to assume that God has turned his back on us. We want to assume that God is letting bad things happen to us. But do we ever question it? Do we ever say, God, is that you? Do we ever ask for understanding? Do we ask for direction? Do we ask for some clarification? Or we just rely on what we perceive to know? What the world has programmed us with? Not what the truth is. Do we seek the truth? And Jesus, uh, Peter goes walking out on the water. He's walking out on the water. He, by faith, Let's just take a moment there to, to, to really see what's happening here. Jesus didn't make the water part. Jesus didn't make the water hard. Jesus was just standing there. Just standing there. Standing there on the water. It was Peter's faith that allowed him to walk on the water. Because... He believed when Jesus said, I have given these things unto you. He believed it at that point. He believed that because Jesus said that he could, that he could. He was focused. And what he was doing is he was looking out. He had his eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. And that's where we all need to be. We need to believe what God says, what the Word says, what Jesus has said. We need to have faith. We need to have our eyes on Jesus. And then we can activate that power that He's already given us. So many times we are yelling and screaming and begging for God to do something and we already have the power to do it. It's already been given to us. It's there. But we have to have the faith to be able to use it. Think about it as a car. God has given us this car, brand new car, but it has no gas in it because faith is the gas. So we have to fill up the tank. And we are the ones that have to do that. We have to have the faith. And then distractions come. It says the wind bolsters, and he was afraid. The wind starts blowing. What happens? You feel the wind on your face. You turn your head slightly to see where it's coming from. You see the waves crash. You take your eyes off Jesus. And that's what the world 
is doing to us. It is throwing all of these things at us to take our eyes off Jesus, to make us look away from heaven. Taking our eyes off Jesus. Oh, we got war over here. Let's look over here. We have a, a virus over here. And then we have people that say, if you don't do this, you're, you're not on board. But if you don't do this, you're not on board. We have division. We have riots. We have protests. We have things against God. We have things for God. Not so much anymore. We have all these divisions, all these distractions. We have social media. We have the news. We have newspapers. We have all these things telling us all these things, all these distractions that's taking us away from God. You know, they say that the, uh, the Amish are not worried about COVID-19. You have to wonder why. Because everywhere else in the world, we're scared to death and we're in a state of panic, but they're not. Maybe it's because they don't have a TV in their living room that's pumping them with fear every day. Maybe it's because they don't have an a electronic device that's going off with messages on social media that's talking about all these bad things that's happening. Because they have a disconnect from all of this. And they have God. They have their work. They have their family. They have these core things that are important, but they're they're pushing out the bad stuff. How much less worry and doubt and fear would you have if this stuff wasn't being bombarding us each and every day where we don't know where to turn? Peter began to sink. I can remember back whenever I was a, a little kid. You know, you're first learning how to swim. And uh, you keep wanting to go out a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And you pretty soon you're, you're on your tiptoes. And then uh, if you're in a, a natural body of water, maybe a little bit of sand breaks out underneath your feet. So... Or you move back a little bit too far. You know, you're at the beach. A wave crashes over your head. Or even at the swimming pool, you slide back just a little bit. And pretty soon that water rushes over your head. You begin to sink. Now, picture that in your mind. What that's like when you begin to sink. And you, you go under. And that water goes over. And your, your vision is distorted. You can see some light, but your vision is distorted because that water has crashed over you. Your, your hearing is distorted because now you have water in your ears. Of course, you can't breathe anymore because there's water going up your nose and probably your mouth. You begin to sink. And what do we do? We, we reach up. We reach up. We reach out. 
take this as, as a, uh, a parable today. That's what the world is doing to us. It's causing us to sink. That is fear. It is lies. It is stress. It's anxiety. It's all these things. It's objectives. It's being pushed by people. All these things are washing over us. They're causing us to sink. I can imagine, there was a whole point of my whole vivid imagination, was to get to this point. I want you to think about what it was like when Peter was scared. The wind blew, the waves came, and he began to sink. He went down. I'm sure his, his head went under the water. Because we're out here where, where ships are sailing. This is deep water. It's storming. And even on an enclosed body of water like a lake, if the wind gets high enough, the waves can be great. And the waves are, 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 are crashing over him. And he's going down. And his vision is taken away. And the only thing left is just a little bit of speck of Jesus. Jesus is the only thing out there. The only thing in front of him is Jesus. And he sticks out his hand. And he calls upon the name of the Lord. Save me. Because when there's everything else has got us bogged down. And we're drowning. Jesus is the only thing left. Jesus is the only thing that can reach out and take your hand and pull you up. So many times... We just let go. We talked about the little things, how the little things build up, build up, build up, build up, and just eat away at us. And then we have these rushing things that come out of left field that will just take us out, just devour us. And we have to have faith. The world is in a state of panic because of they might get sick. You know, these are things that we've been battling since the, the fall of man, since sin came into our world. And there's only one true precaution and there's only one true thing that can get us through. And that is Jesus. I was inspired this morning. There's a, a fellow that, uh, he's a, a gospel singer. He's been trying to, to make it in that line. He's been using his voice and his ability to, to share the word of God through music. And uh, I've heard him play several times and he's a, a talented person. And... He got struck down recently with a, an autoimmune disorder that's causing some great complications in his body. That's his drowning. That's his sinking. And it's not because that he lost faith or lost focus. Sometimes we just get these things that we don't know why. 
Sometimes we find out later. Sometimes we find out then. Sometimes we don't find out at all. But he's not lost his faith in God. He knows that God will see him through this situation. And he's been in the hospital for quite some time and he's seen the effects of this pandemic as he, they, he's in there with them. And even though that he's had a severely compromised immune system due to this disease that he's going through right now, due to the fact that he's been around all of these other infected people, he has yet to contract this highly contagious, life-threatening disease they tell us is going around. And he doesn't think that that's it as a, a coincidence. It's not luck. It's not by chance. It's because that he believes that God protects him. Even as he's trying to recover, and even unable to speak right now, he's still putting out the Word of God, saying that God is the healer, God is the protector, that we need to put our faith and trust and our prayers and, our, and everything into Him instead of trying to combat this with things of this world. And I couldn't agree more. We've allowed ourselves to think that we are so grand and so untouchable and so special for what we have done. Every triumph, every ability, every step forward with technology and science and medicine is all because of God. He is the one that gives us the resources. He is the one that gives us the ability, the knowledge. It is all God-given. There's people that think they're so grand about what they've created, what they've done. is, But the raw materials are here on earth. Do you think it's just a, a coincidence? That it's just an accident? That it's just part of some... Big Bang Theory that we can go into the earth and we can pull out the precious metals and ores and elements and minerals that we need to create all of the things that we use on a daily basis. God knew what we are going to need. We have such a rich variety of plants and animals for consumption because God knew what we're going to need. God tells us that we all have to come together and work together because we all have unique traits, capabilities, and minds. And by using these things together, we can do grand things. We are the ones to blame. 
They say, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? It is nothing to do with God. It is everything to do with us. O thou of little faith, why did this doubt? Do you know if Peter hadn't lost his concentration, if the fear had not overtaken him, he could have walked out there on that water. He could have walked right up to Jesus. He could have took his hand. They could have walked back. He could have went all over the place. And you know that anytime he could have done it again. We have that same power in us. It's a God-given power. And I know some of you are probably thinking right now, if I believe that, if I truly believe that, if I have, that we all have these abilities, then why don't I show people? Why don't I go and do it myself? I don't have the faith. Because with this vivid imagination comes all the other things that you can't seem to shut off. All the things that goes running through that, you know, the, the doubt, the fear. That just seems to come natural. You have to be constantly working at maintaining the faith and shutting down everything else. It's a constant battle, a constant struggle. They call it the battlefield of the mind. And that is the most accurate way I can describe it. Because we are at warfare. This body is sinful. This world is sinful. And we have been corrupted by it. I would love to, to walk on the water. I would love to feel that feeling of having that kind of absolute faith. And I hope one day that I can train my mind, train my self to be able to do that. But I'm human. Just like all the rest of us. Sometimes just because we know the truth don't mean we can always exercise the truth. We know that we do things that are sinful and that we want to change. But change is hard. It's difficult. And we are going to keep backsliding. That's why God tells us to repent. It is a process. So we have choices. We can either know that we are doing wrong and work to change it in the future, to work with God to help us to change. Or we can just give in to it and say we don't care. We're going to do what we want to do and consequences don't matter. So we have to make these choices. And it happens over time. I wish what I knew now I knew 20 years ago. But see, we only have this one lifetime. And it is to get us ready for the next life. So we have to make the most of it. It is a teaching process. Our lifetime 
from start to finish is a teaching, is a learning experience. And we have to treat it at that. Next time that the, the world knocks us down, that our feet get swept from underneath us, we need to, to focus on that light. Imagine what it was like when Peter was looking up and he could see through the waves, through the water, he could see Jesus' face. We have to focus on that. Even when it seems like God has given up, that everything is too much, we have to focus on that light. We can only reach up. Everything of this world does not matter. There is nothing in this world that can save us. There is nothing in this world that is our provision. Our source is God. Everything else is just something that he uses. We have to see God in it. We have to seek God. We have to look for God. That is the only source. Start looking for your source today. He's out there. He's always there. Just like he was waiting for Peter to call out. He's waiting for us to call out too. He's listening today.